We got comic books and comics news, comics insights and reviews, comics girls and comics dudes, sipping on some freshly brewed. Cause it's comics and coffee, coffee. starting your day out the nerdy way. Comics and coffee, comics and coffee, starting your day out the nerdy way. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comics and Coffee, starting your day out the nerdy way. I am Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Nikki Alfaro. Hey, guys. Uh, Nikki, how's it going? It's been a few weeks. Yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Um, earlier this month, uh, it was um, my birthday on the 11th, and then graduation the next day. So... My parents were up. My sister was uh, here from New York. So it was just very, very busy, but very fun. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. Last um, Two weeks ago or whatever when that happened, um, and I had Mara on, I, was, I doubted. I know you told me you were graduating, but then I doubted it because the, the birthday thing happened so close. happened like a day before, <laughs> like you said. So I was like, am I just wrong? Am I just, am I just like... In inventing that she has graduation today and it's not just like a birthday thing no no it's it, it happened all at once yeah. <laughs> so uh you were telling me right before we got on here that you have uh, a new toy yeah it was my birthday gift and graduation gift to myself um i got a ps4 last week last week i think so yeah and um the days have all blended together now <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's it doesn't help that the first game that I got was Dragon Age Inquisition. So that was a heavy commitment right off the bat. Yeah, that's that is a big, big, big commitment <laughs> going on there. Um, uh, so how are you liking it so far? I am loving it. I had I had Inquisition for the PS3, but it was so slow and everything was just uh i could not play it for more than an hour and with inquisition i think i logged almost 30 hours now um which isn't bad <laughs> no no <not at> all. <laughs> so uh yeah stark difference i bet i bet so it's just been inquisition that's all that's all you really been playing yeah, I got Arkham Knight because apparently when um, Best Buy was doing that, you know, pre-order any of the E3 games and like any two and you get 20% off, they just did all the pre-orders. So I was just like, oh, I'll, I guess I'll get Arkham Knight for 20% off. I decided that like the night before it was released. So, yep, got Arkham Knight, but I can't play it until i finish inquisition so so you haven't played any of it i i played it for an hour and it it was addicting but i felt guilty for not finishing inquisition so <laughs> yeah see i'm exact i mean i like finishing games <laughs> but i have this big problem where i start a ton of stuff and then i play it for a little while and then i get like antsy and I just start playing something else. And so I end up with this huge stack of games that I have played probably, you know, five to ten hours of and then and never, ever finished. And 
it turned into it's, it's actually more of a problem than buying something and never starting it because it's like you know when you are reading a series and you fall behind a couple of weeks and you've kind of mm-hmm. forgotten what you've forgotten what has come before so you have to start it over again right but you don't <laughs> you don't really have like you really want to start it over again you yeah to start it over again i just want to keep going from where i where i was so it, it, it gets in that trap where i'm like oh yeah i don't remember what was happening in x game you know but i'm not going to replay 10 hours of the game to, to remember it so i end up in this very this very like bad loop of like well I'm, i guess i'm just done with that game for now <laughs> that happens to me all the time constantly that happens to me uh but i will finish batman batman i've i've finished all the, all the other ones i will i will commit myself and play through it my thing is like with games i I always like the idea of a really long game and every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll actually play a game for a really, really long time. Like Skyrim, I played for almost a hundred hours, um, which is not even really that much for people who play Skyrim. But most games, when I hit around the 20 hour mark, I kind of start getting like ready for the new thing, regardless of where I am in the story, regardless of where I am and everything else. So and when I hit about 20 hours, I'm like, okay, it's time to it's time to move on to something else. And I don't even think of it that way. It just sort of happens. You know, I start losing the drive <laughs> to go back to the thing that I was playing. I'm I'm like that with a lot of um, portable games. Like I have the Vita and I have the 3DS, but I never finish the games because I just like it's like you get antsy and it's just. I don't know. I'm a lot better with console games because I think the ones that I commit myself to, like Dragon Age or like Mass Effect, there's there's enough of like different things. Like I could do like one type of quest for a little while, or I could go exploring for a little while. So you, like you could change it up while you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually with like the handheld games, it's it's only like one type. So I just lose interest after a while. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. But I'm playing Batman now. I, I put, I think, about three or four hours in at, the, at this point. Um, and I'm really digging it. I mean, it, it plays much the same way that, you know, Arkham City played. Uh, there's the addition of the Batmobile, which is a is sort of a double-edged sword for me. There, there's some stuff that I think is really good about it and some stuff that uh, takes away from what i want to be doing in a in a in an arkham game in a batman game that battle mode is like it took me out of it for a little bit i have to learn how to do that yeah switching the tank into battle mode yeah yeah it took me a while to figure out that you have to actually hold (laughs) it tells you to hold down the left trigger so i figured okay i hold down the left trigger and then i can release it because it'll like lock in a battle mode and then there'll be some button i have to hit to get out of battle mode yeah you have to keep holding down the left trigger yeah Uh, and the other pro- issue with that is that when you're driving the Batmobile like through the streets, it it's natural if you've you've played video games and you play driving games that to, the left that trigger is brake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I'll it kind of works to, the same way. Like it, you kind of like immediately stop, which is also good. You do, but when I'm going around corners, I'm trying to use it to power slide. Yeah, and, and it doesn't work. Buildings, because I'm just like I turn into a tank and slam into a building. You know. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm getting more used to it, mm-hmm. definitely, but it's it's just been a, a little bit tricky with that. Uh, I have enjoyed the way that it kind of interfaces with puzzles and combat as you go along. There's some pretty cool stuff where you use it to kind of <clears throat> environmentally get through somewhere, and you can also use it in combat. You know, so if it's if it's near you and you're kind of in a hand-to-hand combat, you'll get a little prompt on screen that will say, you know, Batmobile assist, and you like kick the guy into the kick the enemy into the air, and the Batmobile fires like one of its like rubber bullet things, like it's like suppression bullets, and hits the guy and knocks him out. So you can feel like a pretty big time badass when you do it. Um, I have a hard time believing that like these suppression bullets like don't actually kill the people with like the amount of force. <laughs> yeah, it's no. I, there's a lot of things in those Arkham games where I feel like Batman's like, you know, I don't kill anybody, but I am gonna mortal. I'm gonna. I'm going to basically life ruiningly wound you for the rest of your life. Like I feel like he has left many many criminals and thugs paralyzed uh, for, for for the rest of their lives, but. Uh, you know, the game feels great. The combat still feels just as good as it, as it's ever felt. And uh, I had one of those moments right before I stopped playing last night because I'm trying to... I was trying to get everything set up because later today, um, like around 6 or something, Justin and I, Justin Townsend and I are going to do like, mm-hmm. a, like a little bit of like a video preview for it for the site. And I wanted to have like a good spot where we could, we could do stuff. And I did one of those things where I like... I got a point in the Batmobile where I couldn't proceed over this bridge because it was like locked. And I had to go unlock it from the other side, um, and it was like the and to get to it, I had to like go all, almost all the way across the city to to get it. And so I think I went to the top of the bridge. And I did the I did you know I dive bombed and then glided, dive bombed and glided, super grappled, and I was just flying. So I never touched the ground like over you know all these miles of city. And then I'm getting to the point where I have to go, and I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of cruising in, and I see I see the people standing around and they're talking about me. They're like, if the bat shows up, I'm gonna kick his butt. You know that that the, that weird dialogue they always do, and I'm flying it, and I just I just really just fly in and just kick the the dude is talking <laughs> in the face, and then just start the chain of combos around everybody <laughs> and take them all out without even ever like even them having a chance. <laughs> and then interrogate the guy I'm supposed to interrogate right there. And I felt like a pretty big badass. I was like, jettison myself out of the Batmobile. Because you can do this thing where if you like double tap X when you're in the Batmobile, it'll like launch you out of the Batmobile really high into the sky. So I basically launched myself out of the Batmobile, flew for three miles, and then just fell down and kicked some criminal butt. I punched crime right in its face. Uh, <laughs> Batman is like not my favorite superhero at all, but sometimes like it just like makes your day being him. Yeah, in a video game, like totally. it just. <laughs> well, what I like about him in the game too, it's like, you know, he's just like there's a, there's a point where the Arkham Knight character who is is kind of shrouded in mystery. You have this kind of idea that he's someone who knows Batman um, and has a grudge against him, but you don't know why. Uh, he's sending all these unmanned tanks at you, and that's one of the other conveniences of the game, right? That they're all the tanks are unmanned, so you can destroy them and blow them up, and you're not you're not killing anybody. That's kind of like the conceit of it. But um, you know, the Commissioner Gordon is like, you know, there are tanks coming. There, there's like 20 tanks coming, and they're gonna bust through the walls of of, of the building. Um, and, and, and then Batman just goes, "They won't." 
and then just turns <laughs> off his thing and jumps in the car and starts doing cool, cool stuff. So all that stuff is fun. There's some really interesting story stuff they're doing. Uh, the voice actor for Scarecrow, which I'm not sure if he's the same voice actor who did it um, in the previous stuff, but it's um, John Noble who played Denethor in Lord of the Rings, uh, and he was in Fringe yeah, yeah. As, as well. Such a great voice for the character. It's yeah, such a, sure. it's such a, it's like a, such an ominous, scary, but intelligent voice kind of talking to you. And I, I love that about it. The voice acting is always great um, in, in, in those games. Uh, and some of the stuff they're doing with, uh, they're, they're, they're really kind of playing off and I think paying off what happens at the end of Arkham City, which, spoilers for the end of Arkham City, the three-year-old game, the Joker is dead at the end of Arkham City. And they're really kind of, they're, they're really kind of paying off and addressing a lot of the stuff that happens there. So it's been really good so far. I mean, I love those games. It, it, it definitely, the Batmobile, there's a little bit too much Batmobile stuff because they really want you to be in it for, for most of the time. And I, I guess theoretically for most of it, you could probably just jump out of it and fly around, but it feels like they want you to be in it. So I'm trying to, at least for the first little bit of the story, sort of, you know, be there and try to play the game they want me, how they want me to play it before I kind of go off the path. So for me, it's, it's been, I, I think Arkham Asylum is my favorite of the, th- of the, of the first two anyway. I, I like the more contained aspect of it. So, you know, uh, the open world <laughs> Batman stuff isn't, isn't as, I don't like it as much as the contained stuff, but this still seems like it's going to be a worthy part of that of that series um yeah so i look forward nikki after, after you finish dragon age i look forward to hearing what you think <laughs> of, of batman poison ivy looks better that's that's what i noticed i think that's uh, about the time where i uh, stopped and started playing dragon age again got to poison ivy's part i'm like hey she looks better than she did in the last two games <laughs> yeah i would say that for the most part um all of the characters look a little all the female characters look a little less extreme you know in in this compared to where they looked in in the previous games um you know I, I i i could be wrong but i don't think i am the design that they pulled out for harley in the first arkham asylum game kind of became the look for the character in the comics now, i don't really think she was that um i guess tarted up uh before before she before the arkham asylum edition of her so um, it seems like they've kind of toned that set down a lot, which is great, which is great to see. Um, so I feel like over the last couple of months, we've talked several times about kind of different, uh, the, the all new, all different Marvel stuff kind of coming out in, in waves. And we mentioned, uh, when, uh, the free comic book day book was announced, the all new, all different Avengers with Mark Wade writing and, uh, Mahmoud Asar doing the art. Uh, we mentioned that, and we were wondering if it was going to end up being the book that, you know, was the ongoing after Secret Wars, and this week it announced officially that it was, and it'll be kind of dual art duties uh, with Mahmoud and uh, Adam Hubert. So, you know, two very different art styles in, in, in one book. Adam Hubert is, is um, I would say, much more traditionally comic booky. You know, and Mahmoud is a little bit, a little bit different. He, he, he's got a little bit more of a, I think, painterly style, a little bit more of a, of a cartoonist than, than, a, than a, like a comic book, uh, traditional comic book guy, like in, in the sense of what Adam Kubert, what, what traditional comic book used to mean. 
Um, they haven't really said how that's going to work. Uh, do you do you think there's going to be some sort of story reason, Nikki, that, that that they have two different artists going? Um, well, they kind of did it with uh, Angela, right? Like yeah. flashback stuff and then present. So I could see it going that way, or it could be like um, with Batman and Superman and Jay Lee and um, who was the other artist? So they just like switch with the different arcs. For a little while. Oh yeah, uh, Ben Oliver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it could go either way. Um, I'm excited for it. Uh, the way that they were describing how it like, like where's where the story is gonna be, how they're starting from the ground up, how it's how it's a different Avengers, no funding, and like they'd have to work with like school schedules. It 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 all seems very new, and that's that's kind of what you need every once in a while. Um, so I'm excited. I'm really excited for this book. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems like it's the the exact opposite, right, of the Hickman Avengers stuff. And and uh, because obviously that's just this huge, big team with, uh, you know, with ever-growing roster and, you know, the issues are so giant and, and so universe-shattering. Uh I feel like you can't keep going doing the same thing, right? Just as, as just as Hickman's Avengers is a wild departure from what Bendis did, um, this is an equally wild departure from what Hickman did, bringing it back down to a a smaller a smaller level, bringing it down to a place where it, it's it's about more everyday problems. And you know, I, I think that it seems like a really cool idea. I have complete faith in in Mark Wade. To, to do something wonderful with, with these characters. You know, I, I, I'm i reserving judgment to see how it all gets executed because, you know, the idea of a bunch of stories about how, like, oh, the Avengers can't save the world because they don't have enough money to get across the, you know, across the globe doesn't seem like the, the most fun thing to me, but I have faith that, like I said, that Mark Waite can, can make it happen. And I do agree. I think that you're going to see uh, probably some sort of flashback thing happening possibly with the two different art styles because, um, uh, or, you know, or possibly it could be switching off arcs, but I would imagine it's more going to be like Angela where maybe, because we know that all the secret war stuff is taking place eight months after uh, all the secret wars, no, no post secret wars. Number ones are taking place eight months after the end of whatever secret wars is. Um, so there might be, be filling in the blanks in between that and how this team actually got together and how the other teams fell apart and, and how all that stuff went, went, went about. That's what I would predict for, for the two different artists. Um, so the other things we got, we heard about were a book called Squadron Supreme, uh, from James Robinson and Leonard Kirk, and it's Hyperion, Nighthawk, Dr. Spectrum, Blur, and Warrior Woman, uh, don't care what rules are, and they're not out to ask for permission. Each hailing from different universes, their Earths were all destroyed, but there is no time to grieve for the loss of their homes because they're out to make sure it never happens again. All that matters is the safety of our Earth, and if you stand in the way, we're going right through you. The first target, Namor. Um, so, so there we go. I, I don't know much about Squadron Supreme. I don't know much about the characters in this. Hyperion, I know, because he was in the Hickman Avengers stuff. But what I find interesting about it is this idea that all of these characters are from different universes and they end up in the primary Marvel universe. Um, so I think that hints at 
most likely that happening over <clears throat> a bunch of other books, you know? And the, the interesting thing is like that awareness that like my, my, my world is gone. So right. it'll be interesting to see which characters um, have that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you can, uh, you, you would guess this, especially in the fact that when you look at something like um, Old <clears throat> Man Logan, which is obvious, which was on the big teaser image for all new, all different Marvel um, is obvious that it's going to, they wouldn't put it there if it wasn't going to be in the in the new universe. And that's a character from a different alternate, you know, place that's gonna that's now gonna be in the in the in the six one six. If they're gonna still call it the six one six, I I don't know if they're still gonna call it that. But um, obviously Miles playing, um, being the main Spider-Man book as well. But the ultimate crossing over into the six one six isn't I think as um, unexpected as these other crazy branching worlds <clears throat> ending up coming together in, into mm. one. Uh, which makes it even all the more interesting that Spider-Gwen remains in its own universe when you consider these other books kind of folding into each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that the reason for that is partly the reason for that is just because it's so, um, it's so ingrained and so part of the story of Spider-Gwen, that other world, that I don't think you could bring it into 616 and it'd still be the same type of book. Yeah. Yeah. That, Plus, that, like, people want to know more about murder or doc. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, he, it's so funny. He seems to be, like, a breakout character that book, other than her, obviously. Um, that, that, that's like, the evil daredevil is the one that everyone wants, wants to know more about, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and uh, so, and the other thing is, we, got, we know about uh, the totally awesome Hulk, number one, which is a really horrible name. For a book, but who's coming up with these? <laughs> uh, it does re- it does put Greg Pak, who had a long and storied run mm. on the Hulk, Planet Hulk, World War Hulk, um, two of obviously his biggest things, um, back onto the character uh, with uh, artist Frank Cho. Um, so. Uh, so this is from Axel Alonso. He says, for decades, Dr. Bruce Banner has buckled under the weight of his fearsome alter ego, the Incredible Hulk. Now someone else is going to take away Banner's burden, hoist it onto his frail shoulders, onto his frail shoulders like it weighs no more than a leaf, and embrace the pure fun of being the most powerful being in the Marvel Universe. It's a Hulk like you've never seen him before, unleashed, unapologetic, and totally awesome. Um, and it asks, but who is this mysterious new Jade Giant? Uh, well, if you are a follower of Talking Comics, if, uh, about a month ago, uh, we posted a rumor uh, from a very reliable source that we have that uh, Greg Pak and Frank Cho would be taking over the Hulk and that Amadeus Cho would be taking over the role uh, of the Hulk, um, a character who created by Greg Pak and who has been um, a friend of the Hulk, um, been someone who has uh, always been a fun character, a very positive character, um, appeared. It's appearing in uh, obviously the, the the Runaways book at, at the moment. I'm um, a super genius, and, and and really lines up as someone who is part of that world and definitely takes the character away from from where it had been. Um, we haven't had that announcement yet, but um, some of these words really do kind of um, lead to it. You know, they say his, so we know we know it's not going to be a girl. It says frail shoulders. Amadeus Cho is a small, 
like almost basically child character in in a lot of ways. And the the image they released, the cover image mm-hmm. with the Hulk's kind of head and arm um, blacked out, which are two interesting things, right? The head obviously makes sense, but why black out the arm, right? Why why black out an arm? Uh, the image tells a couple things. The trunks that the Hulk is wearing look a lot like the the kind of shirt and outfit that Amadeus Joe is most famous for wearing in the books. Um, the head of the Hulk has like this little kind of like almost looks like faux hawk thing going on at the top of his head, and that's kind of a, a hairstyle that Amadeus Joe rocks a lot. And Amadeus Joe is known for carrying kind of this kind of staff thing in his hand um and, and so i feel like that's probably why it's blacked out uh what do, i mean i don't know if you have any history with the character of amadeus cho nikki but what do you think about a new character taking over the mantle of the hulk um i've i've never really been a hulk reader it's just it's never been something that i was interested in picking up um but i'm all for for new stuff i don't know i think banners banners had a had a long run so maybe it's about time that we have somebody that's not like red or any other color (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely i mean i think i mean people are gonna be angry about it obviously um he's one of kind of the classic marvel characters and when you change identities with someone like that especially where the identity is so linked to the mm-hmm. character, you know, obviously they're, they're one and the same. It's not like a suit or anything like that. That's something you just put on. Um, but I, I, Banner is still going to be in the universe. I think he's still going to be part of the book as well. He's just not going to be the Hulk anymore. And I, I, I think it won't, be, obviously nothing ever is permanent in comics. It, it, things will go, they'll fluctuate, they'll go back. But if it ends up being true, if it ends up being Cho, which uh, I have a strong inkling it will since um, the source that we have called the creative team which which gives them a lot of credibility and also called the Qbert edition mm. to the the Mark Wade Avengers book so I, I think that you know uh, I think it's gonna be cool I think having someone who embraces that who who's funny who's lively who's really into it will be a welcome change for a little while and, and I think that people get upset about stuff like this but people got very upset about the the, the superior spider-man stuff but i feel like that kind of whatever it was 24 issues 23 issues whatever it was with the character were probably if not the best some of the best work that dan slot has ever done with 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 the character so i think that stuff like this can be very very good for a book and i hope that it ends up being true and that it ends up being something that i'm interested in reading because just like you I've never really been a big Hulk reader. I, I've kind of dipped in and out here and there, but never really been about the character. Um, and I think that uh, making him more like, let's say, She-Hulk uh, would be a big improvement for right now, or at least to make me interested in reading a Hulk book m- month to month, because I'm much more likely to read a She-Hulk book than I am to read a Hulk book, because I, I like the character of it, you know, the, the kind of, and they've, obviously they've done many, many things with the Hulk and they've changed up. They separated the two, you know, they, they've made him smart. They've made him dumb. They made him angry. They made him calm. But whenever I read it, that kind of push pull of just 
you know, the, the monster movie aspect of it has never really made me want to keep reading it. Um, so I'm interested to see what they can do with that being not a factor anymore. I'm, I really like these different ways to have new, <clears throat> new people take up these mantles without having it be a comic book death. Because obviously it means that they know that it's tiresome now like with Captain America being old and like Thor not being worthy anymore. Like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like it makes for much more interesting stories. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I think hundred <laughs> percent, you're hundred percent right. And I think I don't want to mention on this show or on talking comics or whatever, but DC has done legacy characters for a very, very long time. And I always thought those were super interesting, really fun ways to change up stories and books and make things to unsagnate things, you know? Um, and it allows for char- a single, a single identity of a character to mean something, multiple things, to multiple people, you know, you can love kind of the steadfast, um, sort of serious, uh, you know, scientific mind of Barry Allen, or you can love the wise ass, you know, family man that is you know wally west you know and same thing you can you can same thing with the green lantern same thing you know with with the robins same thing with a lot of characters are in the universe you know and so i think that that having that in the marvel universe which they've never really done until the past couple of years i think is incredibly smart you know it's great that like you said thor odinson is still around but now is interacting with someone else who has the Thor identity. You know, th- that dynamic is more interesting than Thor dies and someone else has to take up the mantle and now they're on their own. You know, the, the mentorship <clears throat> angle, I think you can get a lot of, you can mine for a lot of really good story. A- and I'm, I really want to see how all that works out. Like when we get to the Marvel Universe again and we have Old Man Logan, but we also have X-23. As I'm so Logan. excited for that. Like, I've never really liked Wolverine as a character. He's just never really been interesting for me. But like I read Old Man Logan and like I love X23. Um I was a big fan of X-Men Evolution. I'm still a big fan of X-Men Evolution. That cartoon is probably one of the if not the best adaptations of X-Men I've seen like ever. Um so like I've loved X23 for a long time and I think like that's going to be really great. Yeah, it makes perfect, perfect sense, too. Like, it's one of those things where she's the clone of Wolverine, so it makes complete sense that she ends up being Wolverine. And, you know, with the Old Man Logan thing, you get the sense of, like, okay, we have the person who's done it forever and the person who's now doing it for the first time. And now X-23 can't be the character anymore where she kind of runs away or goes away when things get really rough or when she has to have personal relationships. If she's Wolverine... She's got to be one of the leaders of the X-Men. You know, she's got to be in the middle of everything. And so she's going to need mentorship to be able to deal with that kind of thing. You know, and I think that that's super fascinating to me to have those relationships. And we've obviously seen less and less over the last few years of characters being married and characters having kids. They've really started to get away from that stuff, which is a bummer, I think, in its own way, because it, it... it's interesting to have those things as well going on. Um, you know, what does a marriage look like when both people are crime fighters? You know, that, that you know, it's, it, it's, it's, that's got an interesting thing and that you can draw a lot of parallels to real life and in, in stuff like that. But this is an, uh, if we're not going to get all that stuff back, I think this isn't a good way to bring sort of 
family back into the idea of superhero relationships. And I want to, I'm, I really want to see what that's like. You know, I miss, I miss like Wally being married and having a bunch of kids that he has to drag around with him. You know, I miss, um, you know, black Canary and and green arrow being together. Like I miss that stuff. Um, and you know, I want to see dynamics like that happen again, where someone is concerned about the person that they're, that they're with. and And there's more than just like who can beat up people the most, you know, that I, I, I want to see stuff like that in the world again. Yeah, it sucks that, like, I'm I'm probably in the minority, but I really love Superman and Wonder Woman together. And that stems from me growing up with um, Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved that story when I was growing up. So um, it kind of sucks that it's not at the level that it should be at, like, that I'm expecting it to be at at this point. Um, cause I really like that dynamic. That's not to say that I don't love Superman and Lois Lane. I like, I, I love them too. It's just like, it's fun to see different relationships. Um, are you reading yeah. the Superman Wonder Woman book? I wasn't, I picked up the truth one because I've been picking up a lot more DC because like much like Marvel is taking from DC with the legacy characters, DC is kind of doing a lot more new stuff like it feels fresh now like it i was so surprised picking up wonder woman and like well action comics i was i've been hearing good things about before but um i've been picking up a lot of this stuff and it actually feels new it it feels like the reboot it should have been um in the first place with like the the variety um that we've been getting in this past month. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just think like the, 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 the variety of characters, the variety of art styles is, is really refreshing. You know, I don't, I don't feel like I'm going book to book and, and reading the same book because yeah. everything looks unique. And, and I love that about it. You know, you still have the books that look, it's great to have the books like justice league still looks like very traditional. It's very big, like, you know, summer blockbuster, you know, kind of look to it. And I love that. The art, the art is gorgeous for what they're doing. But when you go over and read Black Canary, like, you have a totally different look to it, you know? And, and I love that about it. You look at, like, the books that they're kind of aiming more towards kids with Bizarro and with Batmite and stuff like that. Even if they're not your cup of tea, like, they look fantastic. And it, and it shows that there's a difference and there's a variety to their universe, which I really, really love. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit. Um, yeah, I haven't got a chance to read anything yet this week. Um, I'm getting my books today, actually, so I can jump in. But I'm really excited to read Superman. Um, I really enjoyed Action Comics. Um, yeah, Action Comics is great. I I feel like that's it. I'm finally getting the Superman that I've been wanting, where like all this stuff's happening to him, but like you still feel that little bit of hope, mm-hmm. and like that's all I need, like from any Superman book, like that brightness. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, I, I think that they're using the he doesn't have as much power thing angle to a good light, and I think not because I never have a problem with with Superman being full powered. Like I think that the idea that he's a harder character to write because he is nearly invincible, I think, is a ridiculous assumption because it it just none of the characters are going to die anyway, regardless of how little power they have or not, you know? So I think he has a lot of power. It doesn't make him harder to write. But what I like about what they're doing with the depower stuff is not so much like, Oh, he can get, he can bleed and it's and the fights are tougher. It's that it, 
it's allowing them to, I guess, write him as someone who needs other people, you know, and it has him spending more time on the street level of things. And so there's that scene in Action Comics, right, where he goes back to where he lives and the neighborhood is like, Superman lives here and we love him and thank you so much. And, you know, you, you wouldn't really get that if he did, if he. Um, if he wasn't, if he wasn't, if he just flew to this roof and and went down like the fire escape or something into his apartment, you know, uh, yeah. I liked that a lot about it, and I, I think that there's a really good sense to it. I think in, in different writers' hands, it could end, it could have been clunky, but I think Greg Pak did a great job, and I think that Aaron Cooter is such is a, is a great artist. Like his art is just fantastic, and it really sells all those aspects of, of the character. I really liked in uh, Superman Wonder Woman. He can't fly, so like Wonder Woman's carrying him. She's like, at least like if one of us can fly, both of us can fly. I'm like, oh, that's, that's really sweet. <laughs> that is very sweet. <laughs> that is very sweet. Uh, so yeah, a lot of exciting things happening. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, what happened. What's going on with DC right now? I'm looking forward to what's happening post Secret Wars. Uh, I've been enjoying Secret Wars and most of the tie-ins, but I'm already at the point. I think we're like you know we're about a month or so into it where I'm starting to feel the drag of like we're, we're not even in the middle of it yet because secret wars 4 hasn't even come out yet you know so we're right in the mid we're not even in the middle of it's all these delays and you know that there's going to be more so it's just kind of like you're dreading this like inevitable like length of time before everything actually starts yeah absolutely so i'm just gonna but i'm just gonna try to focus down on the books i'm really enjoying um, from them and, and not really worry about the whole thing at large, you know, and when Secret Wars comes out, like, I've enjoyed the first three issues. I'm sure I'll enjoy all the rest of them to a certain extent, but I'm just trying to focus on the books that I really like that are coming out, that are wrapped up in the event, and then, you know, see where it goes from there. That's kind of my my idea. Um, I think that's going to do it for, for Comics and Coffee uh, this week. You can follow me on Twitter at Bobby Shortle. Uh, Nikki, what's your Twitter handle? I am at I am Asian Batgirl. Uh, you can follow Talking Comics at Talking Comics. Uh, check out the special edition feed for audio versions of Comics and Coffee. Um, and yeah, that's going to do it. Next week is the 4th of July weekend for us here in America. Uh, so next Friday, I'm not going to be able to be here. Nikki, you are more than welcome to uh, continue the show without me n- next week uh, as I will be celebrating and the 4th of July weekend. Ours is on the first so it's like wednesday (laughs) i'm still working so (laughs) um our independence day i will celebrate without doing comics and coffee but uh thank you so much for starting your day out the near way with us and we will see you next week because it's comics and coffee starting your day out the nerdy Comics and coffee, coffee. starting your day out the nerdy way.